We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 John Deere Classic Picks Bets. One and done, full preview, plus a look at the Scottish Open betting odds, which is by far the more superior tournament this week in the golfing landscape. A week out from the Open Championship, which means if on Wednesday you decide, hey, I need some stats, I need to build some lineups for both the John Deere and the British Open because I want to do my research for next week, head on over to fantasynational.com, fantasynational.com slash mayo, get you 20% off. If you get that weekly on Wednesday, you get John Deere and the British Open all in one. So that's one of the better deals that you're going to see around. This is the last major of the year. You might as well do the most research you can. Remember to smash the like button to the vidya. And in the comment section, please tell me your winner of the John Deere Classic or whatever the hell else you want to put down there. Who knows? Uh, the Listener's League link is alive. You can find that in the description. No rake. We need to fill it very quickly this week because if we do, then we'll have a gigantic tournament for the British Open, which I'm looking forward to. Plus, I'm going to be doing my giveaways for the British Open. Probably have around like $400 to $1,000 uh, in just cash giveaways or ticket giveaways, whatever we can do. The easiest way to do so, even if you've done it in the past, please, and I'll put this link down in the description so you can find it very easily on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review for the Pat Mayo experience and then leave your Twitter handle or email address in it after you leave something nice about the show. Uh, then you're going to be automatically in that draw. So I suggest you do that if you want to get some bucks for the British Open. Who wouldn't want free bucks for the British Open? So Santa Mayo is back giving away some money, so please go do that right now. DraftKings show on Tuesday, then Wednesday, the release of the 2021 Fantasy Football Rankings. Jake Seeley is on that show, plus I have another huge announcement to deliver on that show. If you enjoy yourself, let's say, put it this way, if you enjoy Fantasy National for golf, you are 
Gonna have to get a load of what I got in store for you come Wednesday when the release is happening, because uh, I think you're gonna like it very much. Jeff Feinberg, big winner yesterday on the line. I myself hit Lucas Bale. That was only 33 to 1. Not only did you hit him, you also hit Cam Davis. I thought you were gonna get Troy Merited because I've seen it happen to you before. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> uh, yeah, great day. Uh, jacked up. Fourth of July. I'm telling you, if Gary Woodland made the cut, I would have had like an enormous DraftKings haul, I think. I was pretty close to the nuts yesterday, Pat. I was pretty close to the nuts. Um, Norrin, Kokrak, Neiman, Davis, like all of it, all of it. And yeah, Troy Merritt scared me to the death. If Neiman could have, Neiman wouldn't have gone four playoff holes without a birdie though. Like I had a feeling we had the feeling that someone was probably going to win yesterday with par just, just because. And I was worried that at some point Davis would finally screw up a drive and, and not make a recovery. But um, yeah, I don't know. Great weeks. Really? Yeah. Merritt scared me. Libiota scared me, but I was like circling like a shark yesterday. Felt great. Let's see. The last two players to win on the PGA Tour without a bogey all week was Lee Trevino in 1974 in New Orleans and JT Poston at the 2019 Wyndham. That was also the week that Byun-Hun Ann didn't make a bogey until like the 70th hole when he was in the running. I, I can't ever remember someone not making a bogey all week and not winning a tournament like Neiman. Now, he did bogey the opening hole of the playoffs, so the 73rd hole, that's just an insane stat, for, especially for someone like Neiman, who usually sucks at putting and usually can't chip. It's great news, I feel at least, for our Open Championship Neiman Futures. It gave me, I, I was starting to be like, oh man, I can't believe we made that bet. He's been playing like shit. Now all of a sudden, although it was like the easiest tournament of the year, at least I feel good about it again. Yeah, no, there were signs from it for like long-range Neiman to feel great about. He'll probably really... You could even see like having to watch Merritt and Davis put on 18. Like the fact that he had to stand there to potentially shake someone's hand and he couldn't just like walk to the showers. He was steaming. That being said, his patience and composure um, that wasn't there in the past essentially showed itself all week, all weekend specifically, um, you know, to a television audience and some outstanding I mean, yes, the putter let him down a bit on Saturday, uh, but and there was a big birdie putt that he missed, I want to say, on the first par five, maybe on Sunday. On the back nine, I mean. 14, I believe that was. Uh, but he was just the scrambling for the week, the, 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 the difficult situations. I know the, the announced team always likes to build up maybe some difficulty, but... You know, for his lack of chipping prowess, he kept himself in that tournament when he wasn't making birdies. So great sign, like some really tough up and downs he was able to make. So long range, like if he's going to continue to improve in that regard, oh, baby, like it's all it's all coming. So exciting in that respect. It's funny to think back, like watching the early broadcast from Detroit when Bubba was going absolutely insane that he's in that playoff if he just birdies both the par fives on the back which you don't think of now because he finished up so early but he posted the round of the day of 64 and didn't birdie those par fives on the back which is just insane yeah I mean I'd like to talk about Bubba more in a moment I don't know if you got shout outs or how deep you want to uh, you do this right now I'm not trying to direct anything 
Oh, um, okay, well, listen, I'll, I'll do the shout-outs right now. So shout-out to you for hitting two winners on a Sunday. Shout-out to me for hitting one. A lot of people in the community both hit them. The The best betting one that I saw, I saw over, like, 60 tickets with both Herbert and Cam Davis, not and Cam Davis, either and or Cam Davis, which is a great haul for everyone. I mean, getting the 100-to-1, 110, 125-to-1 on Cam Davis probably ended up paying a little bit more than the 33-1 to Herbert, depending on what you put on it. But either way, but Penny Check had a Laporta- Haggy top 10 double that paid out 2,351 to one. So even if he put a dollar on it, he was looking good. But I, I would wager he probably put a little bit more than that on it. So shout out Penny Check. That's an awesome win. Dabs Wagman 16 won 10K. He won the $50,000 single entry. Joel Defweiler turned 25 into 300. Kenny Whitehead won a ticket into the 444 for the British Open. He won 6K in total on the weekend. Rob Bones, who was just in this section every single week. Shout out Bones. Killing it. Won 50K. Like every Huge. single week he is he is up here winning a hundred K, fifty K, whatever it might be. So Rob Bones is like riding the heater of a lifetime right now. And Nolan Rundell turned thirty-three dollars into five thousand dollars by winning the single entry dog lag tournament. So shout out to everyone out there. Sky is going on vacation this week. Axis is filling in for him for the Scottish Open on the European Tour Picks and Bet Show with Tom Jacobs up on Mayo Media Network. If you missed the announcement last week, Kenny Kim. Tambo, Toe Tag and Tambo, Tyler Tambolini, Fantasy Golf Degenerates is starting video-wise tonight, Monday evening on Mayo Media Network. Remember to subscribe to Mayo Media Network, by the way. We're doubling down on golf, Jeff. I'm so excited to have Tambo and Kenny on board as a, as a part of the team. Yeah, that's quite that's quite the pair. A couple of original OGs. Uh, I love them both, so that's super exciting. And then, you know, just... Uh, yeah, just they're part of the team and, you know, the sort of like cross fun that we could now do that we could maybe have always done, but like feels feels really fun to be on their team or for there to be on your team or for all of us to be on um, your team. Nonetheless, big things. Excited about that one. Yeah, I, you know, we, we can continue to do esports and Euro soccer and MLS and stuff like that. Or we can just triple down on what we do best, and that's golf and that's football. So bring on two of the best in terms of the golf world and see where we go. So I'm so excited. Uh, remember to subscribe to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. And again, subscribe on Mayo Media Network for the video version on YouTube. Let's talk more about, I mean, we can talk about both tournaments. I thought Herbert was going to gag it away over in Europe. I was just sweating that the entire, he kept driving into the trees, like the entire course of the back nine. Fortunately, he didn't miss a putt inside 13 feet for the entire round. So that's probably going to win you a tournament. I didn't really see any of it till the final three holes where he kind of played steady and solid and all the people that apparently scared him were gone all day. Uh, I was kind of having family fun. And then, um, yeah, I, that's just where I was like, no, I got to watch the end of this. When I did look, though, it never looked good. Like tracking on 365, it was always drive to unknown. And I was expecting to see him as like a clear underdog in that situation. So he was incredibly clutch. I saw the highlight pack of some amazing par saves, even the up and downs to get the, the putts to inside 13 feet that, you know, would give him you know, a coin flip, 40, 30% chance, whatever you want to rate those. Uh, but a respectable make opportunity on those pars was was incredible. So good to see him. Two wire, two career wins, two wire-to-wire -wire wins, if I saw that correctly. So that was pretty cool. 
And in terms of Cam Davis, just quick, uh, Pat, someone showed us that was the biggest live number I saw, 500 to 1. I don't know. They must have caught that maybe right before the Eagle even, or even just because so many names were circling and he had no name value. But I have no idea when that one would have been pulled. But that was the biggest live bet I saw, and that had to have been made on Sunday, like maybe after he missed the putt on 16 or something. It it was made, what I believe, was after he chipped in for Eagle and the book didn't update itself. Oh, man. You always always got to be on top of it. Because TV didn't have it. I think they came back from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Holy, holy, but Jesus. Um, Bubba was great. I don't want to fight back on had he done this because I think there were a lot of guys near the top that could have played in their head what could have gotten them into the playoff. Um, specifically, my guy, Norin, who you would have, like, a couple years ago, those putts on 17 and 18, he does make. Sort of like what Bubba said a week ago, Pat, which we kind of heard from him again, and I'm excited to even talk about more with you in a moment. Norman was like, I was nervous on 18. Like, he admitted that in his post-round with Balione. He's like, I haven't done that in a while. Like, that was nerve-wracking, but great to see him and just back in it and building that profile of a player we always liked at tough courses, but he's a birdie bonanza guy at the moment. We'll talk about him in the show, I promise. And the Bubba thing, he's old. He, how old is he? Give me what, what's the exact age there? Not to put you on the spot, but I did. I think Bubba's 42. That would be my guess. Uh, but, Bubba but- is 42. If I had to bet money on like a multi major champion to somehow do what Phil did one day, it's Bubba Watson. He is. He's 42, November 5th, 1978. He, he, I don't know whether it's going to be a late season WGC or a playoff run. He is talking the exact same as, as Phil was a few years ago before he got his like Mexico or Pebble wins. It was like, like for a guy that accomplished to hear them be like, I don't know, I kind of got in contention and it was a different feeling. Like I hadn't felt it in a while and I'm happy to just feel it. And I'm going to build on that. And even yesterday, um, hearing uh, both seeing his TV interview and watching his radio interview, he was just like, no, that was great. And and he knew that even um, he kind of even acknowledged that he woke up in the mornings uh, knowing that a good number would just be great for FedEx cut points and all these other little things. And it's like, no, it was great to like be in a moment down the stretch feeling pressure again. I didn't win. And he's like, I had fun last week playing with Kramer Hickok, like cheering him along kind of at the end as I bowed out, which an old Baba never probably would have done. And and it caught my attention even last week on 18 when Kramer had the eight or nine footer to get into the playoff. I could see like Bubba smiling, like sort of backing away, seeing him and, and Kramer's caddy just like, seemed like Bubba's just having a great day and rooting the guy on the whole time. And I think we're getting a big Bubba win this year and an enormous Bubba win in the coming ones. So you tell me where he's going to play again, not the British Open, but once we get through that, it's coming, man. It's coming. It's coming. It's fun. It's fun to see him back. It's really great. Love it. The only reason that I brought up Bubba in terms of, you know, had he have birdied those two holes, and a lot of people can look back, it's just Bubba's profile as a player. You would expect him to birdie the really easy par fives. So he just didn't do it. Yes. It was yes, weird. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's totally um, 
totally fair. He left himself in some bad positions on both of them. They weren't even really that great birdie birdie looks. And you're right, because then he goes on and birdies like the tougher 16th and 18th, I want to say. Um, yeah, no, totally. I, I can't I can't argue that. But um, yeah, the game within the game, like Baba. Woo-wee! It's not like all, and even said winnings, even literally said, we say every week, like winning's random. It's hard. Like just contending, you know, it's what all I can do. It's all I can ask of myself um, at this moment. So fun. Let's move on, I guess. Yeah. Well, nothing really left me as sad as I had a Herbert Kokrak double. So I was like, oh, Kokrak. Oh, I saw a couple of those floating around. Huge. Like the drive on one, he's behind a tree, navigates his way out and makes power, puts it OB on number two. Basically, I just, I took a nap. I was like, well, that's the end of me. And then I wake up and he's made like six birdies in a row. I'm like, all right, here we go. That he just could not, for a guy who was leading the field and driving, going into the final round, I can't remember him having such a disastrous off-the-tee performance. Uh, and then, obviously, the putter just wouldn't come along on the back nine. Then he and then he fluffed the chip, yeah. as you had to expect. Fl- fluffed the chip, missed, like, a two-foot putt. I mean, it didn't matter at that point. He was done. But, I don't know, he, like, I look back, tee to green, Keegan was number one, Kokrak was number two. He did everything I wanted. He just didn't putt like he's been putting all year long. He, was just, he and Keegan were the only two guys inside the top 25 finishers who lost strokes putting. Like, what are you going to do? Where did Chris Kirk finish? In terms of putting? Or yeah. just in terms of Chris Kirk? Well, like, I guess he must have not finished in the top 25 because he, I don't know, he kind of did what Kokrak did. I and he, 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 he gained two strokes putting for the week. Kokrak lost two strokes putting. How hot did Kirk? Kirk must have gotten on fire with the putter later in the week. Okay. He was always playing. He was always around. I, was, I needed him to go away because I, I didn't bet him. I like him. <laughs> I feel bad for not being on Cam Davis with you guys because that's you know, obviously someone I very much enjoy to bet. But I just jumped off like he had not been playing well. Uh, like if you look back at like the historic baseline of what he does well, obviously he was a perfect fit. I just looked at his numbers and was just like, man, this guy hasn't had it going in a while. So I'm going to take a pass. But fortunately, smarter people like you bet him and he won. So that's great. And that number, man, that came down all all week. I want to say it opened at 150. I got in at 125, but by the time I recorded my OC piece, it was 110. And I even saw some people showing me 90 and 95. So, um, yeah, I, there, there it is. It seemed like for a hundred to one winner, it was pretty popular. Yeah. It's one, it, it was one of the biggest, like long shot winners that a lot of people were on that I can remember. So that's awesome. I mean, you're beating the books when you got a triple digit winner out there and a lot of people got it. It's not like one person had a merit ticket on the go and merit ends up oh. winning. That's it. But everyone seemed to have, everyone seemed to have Neiman and Davis, which is great. I had neither. So that's me. Yeah, it was great. I, I I'm, I, I'm pretty fired up. I sh- yeah, I don't know. I should go get fitted for some new clubs. Yeah, what are these hand-me-downs I've been using for way too long? Well, I, I didn't I didn't realize that Ricky was in the British Open. I just assumed he had to qualify. And I, I went looking into it because I was making Ricky jokes. So you can lose all your money on Ricky this time around. Do you know how he is in the British Open by chance? An exemption from Jack Nicholas? I don't know. No, he was inside the top ten the year Lowry won. He was like tenth. Okay, good for him. What? Well, uh, let's. Uh, Ricky's playing good. Oh good yeah, golf. yeah. Rick, Ricky's great. Yeah, he just tore it up in Detroit. 
No, listen, baby steps. I didn't say he was going to win anything. I said he's, Ricky's playing good golf. I mean, when you can come 32nd at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, you're, you're, you're trending up. <laughs> yeah, for Ricky's trending up. Is he playing in Scotland, though? Because I didn't see him on the betting board. No, he's not. That's why I was confused to whether or not he was in the Open Championship, because he always and tends to play. in Scotland. Not at this course, but he, he always tends to play the week before and he's just not doing it. I was like, wow, is he going to go to John Deere and try to like win his way into the field? And it just turned out he was in the field. So I guess it really doesn't make that much of a difference. He's, he's going to be at Royal St. George's in a week's time. So that's it. Anything more on any of these two tournaments? Um, I would not really. I would say, do you think got like Higo or Davis are around for president's cup talk in a year? I would say Higo probably more than Davis, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, he's also on like a world plus PG American points. I know they'd probably do it differently. He's probably crushing it. Um, yeah, I mean, who would you say is like a stone cold lock to be on that team? I know we love doing all the Ryder Cup stuff, but but um, what? Answer, Neiman. Uh, Answer, Neiman. Louie. Louis Scott. I don't know about that. <laughs> He's not not. You think they could go with they're gonna break Scott and Day. It's an interesting argument, but I don't think they're past as long as they have pulses. I don't think that they've they can not be on those teams. I mean, Day like, Connor I, should be I, on the team, but I, it already sucks if we're having to have this conversation, then right? I so I'd say like Hideki, Louis. Neiman, answer, Cam Smith and Sung Jay are probably locks for that team. Then you get into like the, the Higo, Siwoo, Connors, Leishman, Cam Davis, Grio, Ortiz. Not as Bezaden Hout. Like it's not a super strong field. KH Lee. Yeah, I'm trying to think. We never got the Japanese. I mean, I'm saying this the year Hideki won the Masters. We never got like the China golf explosion that when we started doing podcasts was told was like going to be here, like coming, like going to hit us like a tidal wave. It felt like how Tong was going to be that guy. But how, I mean, ever since that Tim guaranteed how Tong was going to win the PGA championship, he <laughs> may be the worst golfer in the world. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know what to do with him. You know, it's not like the Chinese bad boy, Zing Zhu Zhang is going to end up being on the team. So. Got to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I'm trying to. There's those two yeah, Japanese no. players who aren't bad, though. Uh, Kane, Kaneya, like the really young guy. And then Hashino, who just keeps popping up at majors for like two days. Like they could theoretically play their way onto the team, I suppose, if they started winning like every Japanese event and then started playing really well in WGCs. Yeah. But Grace, yeah, like guess. Grace could be on that team. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to say anyone couldn't. There's a way for anyone to play their way onto that team. I'm looking it's, at I'm looking at the President's Cup standings right now, and obviously it's you, know, you have more than a year to accumulate more points. Jason Day is not even in the top 25 of points. Yes, but if he's like in any sort of form, he would probably get a captain's pick. You would think maybe Adam Scott also not inside the top 25 in terms of standings. Those I don't know when those standings started, but yeah, it's easy to see the last little bit hasn't been very kind to those guys. Neither of them are even would have even been eligible for the Olympics, right? Like they got bumped in Australian golf. 
Did they really? Is it Cam Davis and... No, I would assume it's Cam Smith and Leishman. Oh, yeah, Cam Smith and Leishman. Yeah, that, that's... I mean, they're the highest in the President's Cup standing, so I assume it probably is them. See, Siwoo and Sungji are both playing this week, skipping the British Open to go prep for the Olympics. I like that in a sense. Um, it'll be funny to see what their betting odds are. I mean, that field will probably be as good or bad as next uh, last week's field, the Olympics. No, probably it, better, right? Because you have four good Americans. And, yeah, like you'll, it'll be better at yeah. the higher end, but like the back end is. I mean, who who was that guy who finished top ten last week? Mark Anderson. Like that. Those are basically some of the people at the back end of this Olympics field. Yeah, or even they even mentioned like this other Chile, uh, some other golfer. Like, okay, never, never, um, never heard of you. There's something else I wanted to bring up, but I'm not angry enough, so I could just save it because it's kind of evergreen. What is it? Oh, is it something? Is it something? No, it's not. It's not what you think, actually. No, it's not. not I have no idea what it else. Is. What? I have no idea what it is, so it could be anything. You want to save it because we have British Open next week. That's probably not the platform for it. Um, or is it okay? Because like these bad tournaments bring into light. It's like a very weird thing. Let me just get into it. Okay. Respect. Okay. People get so mad when golfers that they don't seem worthy have like logos, which is so messed up to me. Like your podcast out there with like 38 listeners should have a logo. It just should. So obviously anyone with a PGA tour card is the right to have a logo on their hat with their initials. Like, you know, easy it is to have a logo. Like some, like any, it was got a friend who can graphic design them something. Obviously you could pay some fancy boutique shop to make you a logo, but I don't understand this. Like to say, people shouldn't have logos because they're not like a good enough golfer for you is crazy. And some of the people that say this are these people with podcasts that people don't, I'm not saying nobody listens to, but like their listenership isn't more than are watching say Brendan Steele golf. How many wins does Brendan Steele have four, three regular PGA tour card carrier. God damn it! He should have a logo. Is that who you're? Ta- be- is that who you're talking about? Is it Brendan? Like, I have no idea. You pay attention to the stuff. I don't. No. So- well, he's like a tipping point guy, I think, for some people because he's like on TV a bit and has one. But any guy with a card, if you're even if you're on the corn ferry, you want to have a logo. You're a freaking company. You're no different than anything. Like, go have a logo. I don't understand why like a player isn't good enough for you to have a logo. He's not on a team. It's not like hiding his his team logo. Like I don't I don't know. I guess that's a weird thing, but like it's just so weird. Even like golf media, like even on the broadcast, like I they took a pot shot. It's weird to me. At, I don't understand. They, t- they took a Bre- they took a shot at Brendan Steele, or was it someone? No, else? not at Brendan Steele. I don't even remember. But I've like heard it before that like like regular like golf channel people. Um, like faces of like golf media will take shots at like guys for having logos. I don't know. I think it's so weird. I think it's so weird. Yeah. I don't quite understand that. That seems like having your own logo in the off chance that you do become really good. can be very valuable. Yeah, of course. Or like, I don't know if you can, if you're like Russell Henley and you're just playing in the final group of the goddamn U S open, like, sure, yeah, listen, not everyone wants to be Richard Bland and wear their club hat. 
as they're contending at a major. Bland had another Bland, Bland had another good week, by the way, at the Irish. Dude, he's this new, yeah, he's this he's been so good. It's actually, it's actually pretty funny. This not funny, it's actually an amazing story. Is he gonna um, be is he gonna be the the next uh young gun that Tim goes after? Richard Bland, <laughs> 48-year-old Richard Bland. Well, well, of course he's young. I only heard about him a month ago. <laughs> Oh, did you see the what Tim had put out to us about the hot dog eating contest? No. Tim claimed, he's just like, how hard do you think it is to be in this hot dog eating contest? Quote, it's just eating hot dogs. I would eat like three in 10 minutes and that'd be in a rush for me. So I don't understand. I couldn't grasp any like having to hoard the food like that. And I'm a big guy. Look at me. Yeah, like I always contended because I feel like I talked about this with you, Gabe, and Cam when we worked at Fantasy. And then Cam was talking about, and for whatever reason, Tim has it in his head that Cam's been in like semi-pro eating competitions before. But I think you guys just like filmed him eating a whole bunch one day. Yeah, uh, he just goes to like Gabby's and eats lots of wings and pierogies. Yeah. Like, whoa. But I, lots I, but, of groups of friends like have that guy that like could do that. It's, you know. I just don't eat anything healthy, but I couldn't eat like mass amounts like that in a short period. So Tim set his over under for a hot dog eating contest at 20 in 10 minutes. <laughs> I've never seen him. Like I've never seen him eat, but he's a brick house. I don't know, man. I, I like, I, I don't know how he inhales food. I, how fa how long does he have? He has 10 minutes. You have 10 minutes to do it. Like he, that was sort of the thing. And I was like, Hey, we'll just set the line. I'll get DK to jump in and they'll set like a fair line. Cause I think that the under of 19 and a half hot dogs would be like minus 3000. So we'd have to give him like four and a half or something like that, because it's much more difficult than he would think that it is. But I was like, Hey, we'll film it. Like, that'll be perfect. People can bet on it. We'll stream it live. It'll be awesome. Then he was like, no, I don't want to do it. Like what a coward talks a real big game. Then doesn't want to do it. That's like Tim in a nutshell. Like he'll come on, he'll say really provocative things, and then you'll say bet it, bet me, and then you'll even get it to the point where like bet me at what we can agree is a fair odd. Um, like you'll like give us like we'll get a neutral third party odd, and he's still like no, like why did you? Yeah, you yeah. So that's Tim in a nutshell, I guess. Is is he doesn't want to back up a lot of the crazy things? I don't know. Well, uh, people really seem to enjoy the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. My favorite part was afterwards, after Joey Chestnut won and broke the record, and people are like happy for him, that then there's like an influx of people who be like, you know, he's not a real athlete. It's like, yeah, no shit. He fucking eats hot dogs. Like, people are like very set about this, though. Like, they have to go complain about it. Because people were throwing up graphics like Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls or six Super Bowls. Joey Chestnut, like 14 Nathan's hot dog eating competitions. Then they get all up in arms. Like, well, you know, the, those are two different things. Like that doesn't really count. Like I, we know, man, like you yeah. probably the WWE need to... will put like John Cena on a graphic beside Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, what like the that, 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 that's scripted though. That, that doesn't even make sense. Like fucking calm down. <laughs> <Yeah. now. laughs> uh, um, did you think the broadcast did a good job yesterday with so many players? Cause I got to say they did a pretty good job. Like we weren't just at the green for a putt. Like we saw how guys got to the green and Oh, now they have this putt, but we knew how they got there. And there were so many guys. And I guess it benefited from 
no one that the American audience would really give a shit about outside of Bubba, who also got to do the thing you love yes. and show us those like final holes before we got there with a the guy out early. Um, but I thought they actually did a, a great job yesterday. And yeah. Nance wasn't even there. It was Catalan. Yeah, whose, team. whose voice I cannot stand. It, it sounds like the biggest I'm doing a broadcaster voice of all time. Like, there's no yeah. way that can be his real voice. I'm not sure, but I got to tell you, I don't know that I, I doubt I'm alone here. Um, this, like, rapport between Nabilo and Colton Nost, I, I am in love with. I'm in love with the, the jokes they make, the corny jokes. Um from being shitty tipper to uh, even Colton saying a comment like, if he gets it above the trees, he'll have room. And then Nablo's like, so if he gets it above the trees, he'll have room. <laughs> like there's, there's an open, uh, there's an opening above the trees. Nablo's like, Oh, you don't say there's an opening above the trees. And then they just like move on. They don't like even react to it, but it's so, I don't know. I think they're great. I, I, maybe it was just me. Maybe I had so many guys in contention that like the TV was making me happy. So then the announcers make me happy instead of like missing the putts. And they're like, why are they saying this? They're bothering me. But I thought they did a great job yesterday. I thought they did a really poor job early because I really want, because it mainly because I was invested in Coke rack and wanted to see what Coke rack was up to. And then it would be, Hey, well, let's cut back to Coke, Coke rack. And like, I was watching it on the three, six, five tracker. And I was like, Oh, I Coke racks already on the next hole by the time this stuff actually goes, but it seemed like they got everything back up to pace uh, towards the back nine. You're right. I do love, and it, it was good that it was Bubba because Bubba was probably the, you know, the last marquee player in the tournament, him going on a run really set the stage. And I got a good, I, got to be comfortable with okay the pin is here here's where Bubba has missed and here's where, like Damon was another guy who was out early too who they were showing a bunch of and then Norin kind of got that next he was about five or six holes ahead of that pack of the yeah. group of four behind but once I got down to it no I thought they did a really good job and I think you hit it on the head when there isn't one player in particular that American audiences or at least the CBS audience isn't like imagine if like Fowler was in the mix with these guys. Like, that's all they would have shown. Like, that that would be it. Yeah, yeah. But we lucked You're out right. that we lucked out that it was Norrin and Cam Davis and well. And Libiota, like, late, felt yeah. like the guy that you had to beat, so. Yeah, um, and then Merritt started making the comeback, and it was like, all right, here we go. He's playing much better on the back. The the anti-co-crack, where he played great on the front, poorly on the back. And then we just got a bunch of Neiman, and Neiman is a star in golf who still doesn't get enough love for being a 22-year-old who's already won on the PGA Same age as, as Thompson, man. Yeah, Davis Thompson. Yeah, exactly the same age. I remember them pointing that out a few times. But he doesn't get the love as like a real draw by the TV audience. He's just more loved by people who love betting on golf, playing on DraftKings, the, the, the hardcores, who like the people watching this show, who are watching Golf Channel, like yelling at Golf Channel that they're not live at 7 a.m. on a Thursday morning. But in terms of an actual like broad TV viewing audience, Neiman's not really moving the needle and it really helped the broadcast. Like we see this a lot, even that ESPN plus broadcast, I think it was at the PGA championship really early on, on the Sunday when there was no like huge names out, like the coverage was excellent. As soon as they get those big names, all of a sudden it gets completely derailed and it becomes hard to watch to be frank. Uh, yeah, no, that's incredibly well said. You took, what I said, you piggybacked off it. Um, and, and as hardcore golf fans, like I enjoy that as like crappy players dueling. 
you know, there's a place for that for me, just as much as, you know, it's going to be exciting for the majors and, and the big events where it's a couple of super elites going, going head to head. I was scoping around on DealDash.com the other day because I've heard that people have saved big money there. And I tell you, what I saw, I almost couldn't believe. They had auctions on a crazy wide variety of quality products, and people were winning them at truly shocking prices. So here's the question. How much can you save at DealDash.com? Well, that's completely up to you. Some people save 80%. Some people save 90%. Some people save 99%. Really, the only way to find out how much you can save is to visit DealDash.com today and use promo code MAYO. That's DealDash.com, promo code M-A-Y-O, in case you can't spell, to see how much you can save. DealDash where deals come true. Welcome to StockX, the only live marketplace for what's now and next. Whether it's the latest sneakers, apparel, electronics, collectibles, or trading cards, everything on StockX is brand new and 100% verified authentic. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard-to-find or sold-out products at their true market value. Discover products that are on trend and ahead of the trends by shopping on StockX. Download the app or sign up online to start buying and selling in a few easy clicks. Start shopping at StockX.com. Access the now. Speaking of super elites, I think we need to talk about the John Deere classic field of the year. This is pathetic. Like, I, I don't even remember the John Deere Classic being this terrible, but here we are. We're to TPC Deere Run. The winner, if not previously exempt to the British Open, will earn the final spot in the British Open. As mentioned, the Scottish Open field is where everyone who's realistically good is playing this week. But it's exactly the same as last week. For the Rocket Mortgage, the John Deere Classic, hell, even the Travelers, do you hit wedges really well? Can you make a bunch of putts? Hey, you're probably going to win this tournament or at least be in contention. It's a par 71. It's a super easy course. Uh, 7,268 yards, bent grass greens, hot fire. Dylan Fratelli, who gained all of the strokes putting last time in 2019. This was not on the schedule in 2020. Ended up becoming the victor. I really don't care much about this tournament, Jeff. I'm not going to lie to you. I looked at the betting board and I was like, you know what? I might save my money this week. I might make like two or three bets, have some fun, maybe play a bunch of DraftKings live. This is like, I feel like this is going to be a super fun DraftKings week because the pricing isn't out as of yet, but it's going to be super wonky. Like when we have Russell Henley at like $10,500, it's going to be kind of odd. But the betting odds for the tournament, Daniel Berger is playing. He's 11 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I've seen him as low as 7 to 1 in some spots. 11 is actually a pretty good number on Berger here. Harmon and Sungjae are both 16. Henley is 20. Tim's one and done pick of the week, young gun Kevin Streelman, is 28 to 1. Cam Davis coming off the win, 30 to 1. No Ren is 30 to 1. Zach Johnson, this is the year 2012. And Zach Johnson, he's won this event like 38 times in his career, is 35 to 1. See, woo, is 35 to 1. And that's everyone. Between zero and forty to one, I bet Siwoo. I actually think Siwoo is a value at thirty-five to one in this field. Okay, um, not too much to unpack here. This has to be even worse than the Pebble Beach field. Yes, like that's sort of been the. It's way worse. It even feels like. Well, that had Burger, Spieth, Cantlay, 
someone else at least. Yeah, even after Dustin withdraws. This is one of the worst fields we've I've ever seen. I could make I won't be there on Berger. I'll just the week before of a major let him win and and watch it, I guess. This 11 to 1 <laughs> makes so much more like compared to say um the field strength of Rory's like 5 to 1 in Ireland last week or Bryson at the at Detroit versus who the next guy on the board was. The next man up here is Sungjae Harmon and Henley and, and Streelman. Like, if Berger is also in really good form, like, statistically, he's really good. Um, he's, what, been top 10 in maybe over half of, ev- half of his events or just under half? He's been amazing. So, like, I could argue at 11 to 1, that's a really good play in relative to golf odds that being said i'm not betting it that being said uh there were two guys that caught my attention under 40 it was siwoo kim and no i haven't bet yet um but i do agree that there's some value there and i can't help myself after having him even last week at 80 to 1 i'm going to bet alex norin who's a foreign player who opportunities on these on these shitty courses? He's getting them in bunches as much as anybody. Uh, form player in form. Let's go. Got a little taste of it last week. Get be right back in this sucker again Sunday. Am I paying for last week's performance? Yes. Is this field so bad and is my investment so low um, that I'm just gonna bet a guy I really like showing life? Yeah, I don't give a shit. So Noren's the bet I made at 33 to one, but I could I'm piggybacking that with Siwoo also seems pretty likely. And then from then we're, we're into the clouds. We're yeah. into the clouds. And I mean, listen, when we give out golf picks, I never actually think these people are going to win. I can make the compelling case like, Hey, this is a good value. That's why I'm betting on them. And that's where I just see Siwoo for a guy who wins. He has three wins in the past three years. He really enjoys the shorter courses where the wedges come into play. Even when you go look at his numbers on Fantasy National, basically from 125 to 200, like those, that's lights out region for C. Woo. Can he go pot? It just—it was kind of strange to see him behind. I know Noren's just coming off, you know, a top four finish, and he beat C. Woo last week. But if we're talking about guys that can actually win, like the next guys that C. Woo was close to was like Glover, McNeely, Zach Johnson. Like C. Woo is just a much better player than these guys. I agree with all of that. I guess the only thing that I would I wonder is um, this is just like the final step before the ultimate event for him. So I guess he wants to get real dialed, dialed in. It's weird, like I understand what he's doing by missing the open to like fully concentrate on the Olympics. Um. But it's weird also in the sense that the open is one of the very few opportunities where they get a chance also. I don't I, 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 I don't know if that's actually true. That's like a big part of speculation. Like there is no guaranteed rule that if you win a major that you get the exemption from the military. There is that stated rule for the Olympics and it's any medal. All right, so go get it. And it's go any medal. It. And I think that the only reason that they're both skipping the open championship is so they can get to Japan, isolate, make sure that nothing goes wrong. 
And, oh, yeah. And look, I mean, if you miss out on winning the British Open, yeah, you miss out on like two and a half million bucks or something like that and a major championship, of course. But simply coming third at the Olympics is probably worth way more money than that, considering you'd be gone yes. for two years. Yeah, yeah. I don't discount that for a moment. He won the Amex this year, so he's got his exemption. Like, I guess that would carry over and miss it. But at this age, like, huh. Yeah, a guy like Siwoo Kim, go go play in all the shitty events. You know how much money you can win with your PG being Siwoo Kim playing in all the shitty events that have bad fields like this one over the next four years or, or when you cannot be in the military? So easily worth more than two and a half million. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's go down. Go get it, Siwoo. Yeah, okay. I hope they come second and third. Well, I mean, I hope Siwoo wins because I'll probably bet Siwoo. But I'd like to see Sung Jae. I want to see Sung Jae on the tour. Think about the the amount of money that he's given up if he doesn't get the medal. Because he plays every week. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe that's why he has been playing every week. Maybe. Just to get himself properly prepped for the Olympics. 40 to 100 range. No, just to properly build an egg for missing four years of tour play. He's got to play. F- he's got to play four years worth extra in the lead up years it's two it's actually two years i believe military service two years okay, that does make sense who i don't know buddy sang moon bay came and won like corn Ferry last year obviously he's not in this class of player um and he hasn't done anything since but in terms of my recollection i don't i'm not old enough to remember when like if kj kj I assume one is major like well after he would have been in service, but how debilitating it is to their careers once they have to come back. KJ never won the major. You're thinking of Y.E. Yang, who I think was past that. Yes. Yeah. He was clearly older than that service age. And, and I don't know if they actually did, because there's another way if you like medal in the Asian games as well, I think that you get the exemption. So they may have gotten that, but where these guys that's are. True. That's an easy route. Yeah. The Asian games usually. They can't, yeah, they got to play more Asian games because that's usually been an easy one. And that's how a lot of like major leaguers have gotten out of military service. I, 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 I mean, I, I'm just purely speculating on this now because someone told me this one time and maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But I think that the golf in the Asian games is exclusively for amateurs and where Siwoo and Im both turn pro at like, I mean, Im turned pro at 18. And I think Kim turned pro at 20 or 21. I think they missed their like window for that. That sucks. The only like comp I just remember is like Shinshu Chu, like getting a like a silver or something, and in the Asian Games and getting out of it. Yeah. Anyway, the forty to hundred range at this tournament. I see Shez at fifty five on DraftKings Sportsbook. I saw him open at seventy five to one. I bet that uh, this morning with the top five each way. That was Siwoo and Shez are my only two bets for this tournament so far. I've been riding Shez, and the irons were still fine. This is. When I think about a Shez course, like short hitter, Ryan Moore's won here before, Harmon's won here before. If Shez can just make some putts, I think he's going to be perfectly live. I'll probably end up betting Gim at 60-1 to 1 as well. He's 55 on DK Sportsbook. But you can make a pretty compelling case for some of these guys. Like, you know, is Kevin Na too low at 45? And do we just bet Seamus Power at 45, who just keeps playing well? Oh. <sighs> I'm looking at. I haven't looked at Nah, but I was looking at Power. That's a pretty strong number. I want to say at DK for for Power. That's that's better than I'm able to get. There's a bunch of guys that never win in this range that kind of could have my attention though, Pat. Like Stanley. Um, 
No, Aaron Wise. Yeah, I, last time I checked, Silvis, Iowa. I think it's Iowa. Not on the coast, so that's probably a big pass for me for Aaron Wise. Uh, take a hot – listen, this guy can get scorching with the putter. Patton Kazire, wish for a bigger number. Uh, he had the scorching Sunday, and I want to say he got off to an insane start on Thursday. He got it up to like seven under Pat and then made a triple, which is pretty hard to do in Detroit. Um, so he's had like in fuego rounds and he kind of does have the recipe. It is annoying though, that, that 50 to one is, is the number I was really hoping to catch. Stop looking at your so, phone, talking to the mic. Sorry. I'm just trying to see the numbers cause I'm blind. You can just um, ask me, I have the numbers in front of me. Do I need to get you a big screen that you can put in front of yourself that you can just look forward? Well, I did have, but I got a child who who steals every tablet I goddamn own. You don't have a designated, like Lily doesn't have her own designated. Everything's iPad? been taken over, man. We even get this new thing because you got new phones that give us a free tablet. It's like already in a kid's case. I'm like, what the f- goes on here? Huh? You gonna bet? Stri- oh, are you gonna bet no, Stricker but- at sixty to one? uh listen he's skipping a senior major but 25th place pays a lot more here and he's won here you know plenty the 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 stricker zach johnson special him and zach used to go off here at like eight or six to one i had money on zach the year the guy blew like the the shotgun yeah the horn behind him on the lake the one year one of the few years he contended and didn't um didn't pull it off doc redman was so popular last week pat um shittier field is this just like the course doesn't profile as well is there a potential opportunity there like people were really really high on him i sort of pivoted off him i picked other popular players lucky enough to find a winner but um is he kind of just just quiet here as guys who played great have seen their odds slashed a little bit but it's about the same odds as he was last week and now, he had not been driving the ball well. He had been putting really well, and the irons were great. The irons were not good last week. He stopped putting, and the driver stayed pretty crappy. So I'm not the hugest Doc Redmond fan in the world, so I probably wasn't going to be on him either way. I, I understand the case for that, though, if that's the way that you wanted to go. Like, outside of Shez, like, I, I'm honestly looking at, like, Norlander again. Stanley. Lebiota. Do we just ride for him with Lebiota and hope that he comes through? He's, like, 70 to 1. Like, at least he's double the odds of the rest of the goobers that are, like, in decent form. I guess. I, I would say he would probably have been, what, 150 last week? Yeah. So he's down there. A lot of those guys, like, Norrin got cut in half for his showing as well. I think they had the same finishing place at 17 under. I remember the year Bryson won. I tell you, I thought it was uh, my Patrick Rogers bet was going to have to get his passport and he was going to get again on that charter to the open championship. Yeah, I actually uh, played I, I played Bryson on DraftKings. He was the first guy off the tee at the open championship the week after winning John Deere. And I think he made a quad on the first hole. It was not great. That's like pre bulky Bryson. though. That was like skinny Bryson. Yeah, d- totally different uh, guy, but. A lot of like, I guess it's fitting with the field, but first time winners, um, big ones, right? Bryson, Spieth recently. Um, I mean, Spieth wasn't super recently. Spieth won again since he won that first one. That was 2014. 
I understand, but I mean, big names in golf have gotten their first win here. It's, but I guess the field. So, I, I mean, I guess there's an opportunity. This is the type of event, though, just as like a fan of a bunch of losers who I guess even the losers I like aren't really playing this week, Pat. I don't like, how do you put this? Like, guys got to be licking their lips for an opportunity. Like, this feels real. Like, you're Lucas Glover. You're like, I can get this one. I'm not betting Lucas Glover, but I don't know. Johnny Vegas? Shouldn't he be totally in play here? I don't think. I mean, Vegas is more in play at any course where his distance comes into play. This course isn't really that. But he doesn't he, like, dominate the easiest fucking courses? Does he? Is that something you have numbers with, or are you just saying? That? No, I like his wins. Aren't haven't all his wins been at like? I, don't, I just I mean, he, he, two he, Canadian he, Open. He won at Glen Abbey so twice, which is a bomber's yeah. course. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. It, you just look at the past winners. Got to try to find that profile. I'm seeing an eighty to one on Harold Varner and sixties everywhere else, and I I suck at him, and he could be a guy I could like to bet this week. Okay said um uh tim's boy richie warinsky well how many how many hole in one potentials are there this week as he is the only guy on tour who's allowed to get hole in ones i can't believe he played last week two guys got a hole in one and he wasn't one of them i know right? he, i think two guys got a home one on the same day last week scott brown and i don't know merit no, merit, merit made the hole in one yeah on the weekend but i think there were other ones but yeah. Well, they, they have that they have that giveaway at the Rocket Mortgage. They like to promote the three one three giveaway, which will never ever happen. Did you did you see the broadcast talking about this holes fourteen, fifteen, no. and sixteen? I think it is or fifteen. Oh, do you make a three one three? Yeah. <laughs> oh, get out of town! And they like hype it up like Rocket Mortgage will give away ten million dollars if there's the three one three. It's like yeah, that's never going to happen. Uh, never, ever, it, ever it, it's gonna like, happen. It, it's like when the, the firms give away, I mean, I don't even know if DraftKings does it, but you see these places like, oh, if you pick the perfect NCAA bracket, you win a billion dollars. It's like, okay. Is Fertelli the worst putter to win here in like a long time? Because you just look at the past winners and it's just guys that plot and, and putt great, no? Moore sucks at putting. He won. He does suck at putting. But yeah, but Fratelli putted awesome. The, the week that he won, he lost on approach and gained eight strokes putting. That's crazy. And I mean, fucking Michael Kim won, who had the greatest round, the greatest four rounds in the history of mankind at this course. That's what the data, the data says, right? The greatest golf tournament performance ever, Michael Kim. I mean, I, I don't know if the data says that. That's what I'm saying. Just how he beat everyone by nine strokes. I'd say probably Dustin from Boston last year is the only other like equivalent blowout I can remember. Rom was on his way at Memorial this year, though. Uh, I don't know. No, these guys are all a bunch of a bunch of chumps. But you're going to get back on Sep this week? No, nah, man. Sep, Sep and Shez both broke my heart. At least Sep was out of it. Shez three-putted from, like, 20 feet to miss the cut, which cost me an awful lot of money. Like, the way that I'm looking at it right now, I'm just looking at past 12 rounds. I'm probably going to bet Lebiota, or Lebiota, or whatever the fuck they, they changed his name to now. Kadira may just, he's putting so well. The iron's been bad the past two weeks, but this is normally, like, where he would do well at these, like, shorter courses. Hit some wedges, make some putts, go on your way. 
merit, maybe. The only one that really stuck out to me is like, oh, that seems odd was Kevin Na at 45 to 1. Because I know he can win. He's been really bad lately, but, you know, it's Kevin Na. And again, he can, he sort of does have that recipe. And the sense that, like, you profile players that are good at tough courses, and you got to be flexible and see where things are changing. But Na's a guy that, um, yeah, he can, he just gets in fuego. And he could do that two and a half days of the week and hold the fort with the Saturday and tee off late Sunday and go win. A good news for your boy, Aaron Wise. He's first in birdies or better gained over the past 12 rounds. Piercy, Perez, Kadira, Libiota are the other ones. Ryan Armour's up there, too. I feel like, I don't know what he did last week, but he played well at Travelers. He missed the cut at Rocket. No, he played well at Palmetto. He was 61st at Travelers, 26th at the Byron Nelson. Like, he's just accuracy, good wedges. Rob Oppenheim is another one of these guys. Anyway, I don't want to just name names to name names. Uh, 100 to 1 and over. Do you got anyone? Because I was thinking about Josh Teeter at 300 to 1. Wow. Wiley's boy. The Teets. Yeah, that would Joe be fun teats. <laughs> I got I got nothing. I'll be honest. Straight straight zero. Um, every guy I like, I over 100 to 1, I don't think profiles at all for this place. Yeah, Rafa is 140 to 1 for some reason, but... For the life of me, I think that he's playing in... Because they had EVR in the field for the longest time, but he's playing in Scotland. Like, why why not Rafa at 150 to 1? Like, I, I, Is Rafa not playing in Scotland? I guess not. I mean, I, if he is playing in Scotland and you bet him to win the John Deere Classic, you'll get your money back. Okay, yeah. Just based on principle alone is I've lost so much... Not so much, but there was a period where, you know, I loved me some Rafa... Uh, and the guy, yeah, he's been showing up for a couple days. So hopefully you turn like two days into three days of playing good golf. And then that gets you to Sunday and then a hundred to one above what more can you ask for than like a decent position with the Sunday tea time, much of a guy smarter than me would probably place that bet also, or each way that a guy like him, but, uh, yeah. I, 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 could, I just did it I as we were it. talking. Uh, 150 to 1, Rafa Cabrera Bayo with the top five each way. Played Teeter 275 to 1 with the top five each way. Just I'm looking for him in Scotland. I don't see him. So I, I don't, he's clearly I don't playing. See. I just assume because he's won. He won there too. Not the same course. Not the same course, but I don't know whether you get invited back um, for winning, but his game is probably so low he's not even in the open, sort of like Norin. Like that's why they're here, right? I would think so. Yeah, they probably feel like they. I think it's players not already exempt with a top ten in Scotland get in, and then it's just the winner of the John Deere Classic. I guess they felt like uh, winning the John Deere Classic easier than a top ten at the Scottish. I'm trying to load up these longer yeah. guys, but yeah. I don't know. You know, what? Don't, you know what? Let's not worry about them. We're not betting them. If, if we bet them, you can figure that out later in the week. Subscribe to the newsletter. That will have my cheat sheet in it. I'll go with uh, Rafa and Teeter. Why not? I want to talk about the Scottish Open before we get out of here, though, because this is really where the actual field is at this week. Rom is 7-1. to one, Xander is 10. Morikawa is 11. Rory's 14. JT is 16. Tyrrell Hatton is 18. Fitzpatrick is 20. So is Fleetwood. Grace, Poulter, Scheffler, Weisberger, who won here two years ago in a shootout, is 33-1. to one. 
the Zayden Hout, Zalatoris, both 40. Sam Burns and Bobby Mack and Matt Wallace, all 45. Corey Connors, same as Lucas Herbert and Guido are all 50 to 1. And Higo is a good field, man. I bet uh, Keimer at 66 to 1 with the top five. Keimer needs to play his way into the Open Championship. I actually got too excited on the weekend to bet him 150 to 1 to win the British Open that. and then realized he wasn't in the field. So hopefully he qualifies this week. <laughs> I saw you did that. I uh, we've been there. Um, yeah, I mean, what a field. You sort of wonder how many of these names are just looking for a taste and how many of them can handle what's coming. I don't know anything about the course. It, I don't know anything about the weather. It is the same course they've played the last two years. So it's the Renaissance Club in Scotland. Weisberger won at 22 under. Yeah, I think he beat Benjamin Ebel, the Frenchman, not Lucas Ebel, Benjamin Ebel beat him in a playoff, and Aaron Rye beat Tommy Fleetwood last year at 11 under. <coughs> oh, um, all those French accents killing my throat. I guess in that case, like the guys with a name, Hatton, um, you know, people might not want to swallow him at the same number as, say, some like really elite players, but at 20, 22 to one, I, I wouldn't mind Hatton, I still think he's one of the better links golfers in the world. And uh, yeah. And then farther down the board, I don't know, Wallace 70, Will at 90. Yeah, I like that. I like Keimer. Keimer's just been playing really well on the Euro Tour. Played ball in the majors too, and he needs to get in. So hopefully he can string together. I'm just looking at last week's stroke gain data at SGT number two green uh, Matt on Twitter just is releasing all these great Euro data points that we can look at. If you're looking for like long shots, uh, Rickard Carlberg, who ended up coming second last week was like lights out on approach. And even looking back to the Weisberger year and the Aaron Rye year, like approach really does dominate here. It's been fast and firm, but it looks like they're getting Scottish conditions this week for the actual tournament. So it might free it up some. But last week, Jason Scrivener was lights out tee to green. Could not make a putt to save his life. But I think he gained, let's see, two, four, five, six, seven strokes on approach. I think that was the most of anyone. Lowry had a really nice uh, Sunday as well. So, and Aaron Rye was kind of trading good rounds with bad rounds, but putting the lights out. Obviously, he won here last year. So I, I think there's some viable names. Sean Crocker is another one who was awesome with his approaches, like, uh, it's going to be kind of tough to figure it out beyond Keimer. I, the guy that I was thinking about from the top, like with the way that I've seen this play out both in difficult and harder conditions, Justin Thomas, 16 to one. Uh, yeah. That's all you. I don't, I don't really have a comment on that. I, I, I don't know. You play well in Scotland. I mean, I, I don't really care if he plays well in Scotland. He's Justin fucking Thomas. <laughs> okay, I don't know. It's a bit of a different, it's a different element. But yeah, golf is golf. Uh, what's the deal with Bobby Max health? Because anything flirting with him at fifty to one seems like something I could probably get behind. I just feel like this field is too strong for him. Like, I mean, Zalatoris is probably overpriced based on his recent performance, but. Uh, who do you think is a better player, Bobby Mack or Corey Connors? I would actually say it's Corey Connors. This could be a good, you know what? Maybe I'll bet Corey Connors. Because I think that the greens are like fescue greens. Like when I go up and play Cabot later on this year, like both the Cliffs and the Lynx, like they're, they're Lynx style courses. But it's not like they have 
different greens everywhere else. Like the entire course is just fescue. And I think that the greens are the same way here. It's just really shortly cut fescue. So it might roll pretty slow unless it firms up a lot. I have no idea of, I'm not even going to pretend to have a clue, but I, if the greens are shit, then yeah, I guess that's for how we look at it. That would be an advantage to Corey. I don't know, 50 to one and the, the field seems real, real strong. Like it's the strongest field they've ever had. And it's got nothing to do with the John Deere. Cause these guys wouldn't even play the John Deere anyway, but more guys are just like, no, nah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, because like even when you get to that like sixty plus range, you still have Westwood and Peters and Horsefield and Beef, who had a decent performance in Ireland. Molinari, like Francesco Molinari, is eighty to one. Ryan Palmer is playing this event. Willett Otagi is actually someone. Uh, he, he both he and Aaron Rye are both ninety to one. Otagi actually had uh, a pretty good Irish Open when you went and looked like dug into the numbers a little bit more. Uh, let's see, yeah, he gained every like Tita Green. In each of the rounds, his lowest tee degree round was 2.23. That was in round three. Uh, couldn't make any putts to save his life, which is kind of his bag. But if you're going to continue to play great tee to green like that, so like Crocker, Otagi, and... Um, Matthias Schwab. Schwab is, just, Schwab is basically Grillo, by the way. If you, if you, if you <laughs> want to know who his comp is, it's Emiliano Grillo. <laughs> All right, well, Dietrich for me is Finau. Yeah, he's worse Finau. Just, just uh, like contends, but never wins. And they just hit it. They're just great tee to green players, also. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll throw in my Euro bets later on in the week. I want to listen to the European Tour Picks and Bet Show on Mayo Media Network. Like I said, Axe is filling in for Sky this week. Congratulations to Sky. He's on vacation. Hits another winner. He'll be back for the Open Championship Whoop. next week. So Axis and Tom will be doing the picks. What is that? It. Just to confirm, if Zalatoris wins this, it would do nothing for his PGA status, correct? No, he would still not get. He would still not be it qualified just, for the FedEx Cup. It would just pour so much gasoline on that whole uh, situation. Um, yeah, wow, great field, and we get to see like with no Open Championship last year. You know, just getting to see some of these guys over there that we never seen, like just Colin and and what have you. But I don't know the week. Do you know who's going to win this? I don't think I want to bet it, but Xander Shoffley's going to win in Scotland. You don't think that <clears throat> our guy who was what is this T nine at this course last year, Victor Dubasson, has a chance? If it's a Dubuis saw week for us on the internet, I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> what are his odds? Big other Dick Vic, 125 to one. Victor Perez is actually a hundred to one. He's, he's still on the Ryder cup team as of right now. Like I said, Otagi Crocker and Scriver. Scriver me timbers would probably be the three like long shots that I'd be looking at. But again, I'll post that on the cheat sheet. Let's get to the quick picks for the John Deere classic and the Scottish open. I am going with C Woo! Kim at 35 to 1. Ches Reevy, 75 to 1 with the top five each way. I'll get sucked into Doug Gim, although I have not bet it yet, but I will. At 60 to 1, probably with the top five as well. Josh Teeter, 300 to 1. Rafa Cabrera Bayo at 150 to 1, both with the top five each way. I don't see myself adding anyone else, but you know, the closer we get to lock, and then the tournament's about to start. I'll feel some FOMO and be like, no, I got to put money on someone. So again, check out the newsletter. The cheat sheet will be in there on Wednesday evening. And then I have Keimer for sure 
at 60 to one with the top five over on the Euro tour for Scotland. I think I am going to bet Justin Thomas at 16 though. And maybe like three of those like jabronis from the bottom of the list and see how I do. Maybe play some doubles together with all the idiots that I played for John Deere classic. I like it. I like it. Kevin, maybe we could hit something together. Kevin, I'll Na, tell Ke- you, Kevin, uh, Na, uh, Kevin, not in the mix for me too. We'll see. Okay. I am going to bet. I have bet Alex Noren. I'm just in it. Was on it last week. I'm going to eat the number. Uh, guy I like in form. Setup seems to work, in my opinion. Also going to bet Siwoo Kim. I know it's a jobber tournament. I can't resist making moves in the part of the board I make my moves in. Okay, just like last week, I uh, made two big moves on Neiman and Kokrak. Didn't work out, but I just can't resist not being part of that. And they were part of it. And I don't know. I'm going to, that's it. I've said too much further down the board, although it's really freaking annoying to see the odds. Cause I'm not, if I bet these guys were not even going that far down the board. <sighs> Patent Kazire. Like I think he can fill the cup up. We've been seeing life in his ability to have like insane rounds. You just hope like to lose the triple, you know, that just, I don't know, big numbers, but it's real. The number does seem short though, but I'm looking at Kazire. I'm looking at Wise. I'm looking at Munoz. I'm looking at Varner. Like, that's the type of loser I am. And behind 100, I'm just going to piggyback Mayo's Rafa for 150. A guy who I am a fan of, and he's shown a pulse. And a pulse with what I used to believe his ceiling is in this field, that's enough for me to to make him play at, at 150 for the pulse I've seen in on much harder events, harder fields lately maybe they weren't because paul Meadow. i think it was paul Meadow, so i might have take that back but we did see him pop a little at uh tory it had to have been so that's that's where i i am one and done picks for the week the competition is coming to a close i'm going with shez Reevy. tim is going with young gun kevin streelman i'm guessing you're picking noren yeah yeah for sure i might be such a big loser i may have used him but that'd be impossible i think god forbid you have not used Alex not. Noren as of yet. Yeah, not. That would be a real ugly pill. Um, ugly pill to swallow. All right. That'll do it. That's where we are. I do think of the super chalk, though. Shoffley, Shoffley Hatton is where my mind might be in Scotland. And I'm going to play, I think, that 90 to 1 on Willet because that's what I do. All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Thank you all for watching. Remember to smash the like button, leave your winner for the JDC in the comment section. Sub to Mayo Media Network. I'll be back on Tuesday with the DraftKings picks. Wednesday, the final card. Also Wednesday, my big release for fantasy football. Rankings 2021. You into fantasy football at all yet, Jeff? I'm not so much into fantasy football. Um... I am sort of on my brain is spinning. The early thing I do like to think about is QB strategy. I've always been a weight QB guy. Well, I don't know. The Watson and Rogers dynamic has got me spinning. And I think that like when we first met Pat, like I just, I'm not, like just on the timeline quarterback play in the league was deplorable. There might've been like 13, 14 guys you would trust. The number is so much bigger now, but I also do believe the way coaches are calling a game, like the ceiling gap, I don't think you could get away muck-mucking it is the way around what I'm saying, trying to say. Between the rushing yards are that are available and the dynamic passing games, 
Um, so that's like the one thing that's really on the wheel right now is developing my quarterback strategy. Okay. Jake Seeley will be joining me to break down these rankings, by the way, plus the huge announcement. So subscribe to the newsletter. If you don't tune in, like I said, if you like fantasy national and you like football, do I have something for you that you're going to enjoy? Uh, fantasynational.com slash Mayo gets you 20% off. The Wednesday to Wednesday is probably what you want to do if you're a first-timer. Get that weekly membership, full access to the site, just for a week. So go check that out as well. You can find all those links down in the description. If you want to get in the draw for box, rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcast, Twitter handle or email along with your review. That way I can contact you if you are a winner. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.